Warning, do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. You can have many different adventures as you try to find out what mysterious force is disturbing your friend Nada's martial arts school. As you read, you will be able to make choices. Your choices will determine whether you succeed in solving the mystery. As you search for clues, you'll encounter the secret and sometimes magical world of the ninja. You may even have to become a ninja yourself. You are responsible for your fate because you make the decisions. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to find out what happens next. Be careful. The ninja can be deadly. Welcome to the Nostalgic Millennial Podcast, where we will nerd out over the shows, movies, books, games, and more that made us who we are today. Prepare yourself for a return to the 1990s on the Nostalgic Millennial Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, for another Choose Your Own Adventure episode. This time, we have selected Secret of the Ninja, book 66, from the classic Choose Your Own Adventure series. The front of the cover tells us that we could choose from upwards of 29 possible endings, so we will be going through as many of them as we have time for today. But before we get into the actual story... We have our first segment here for the day, back to the 80s, the 1980s, a little bit different than normal. Normally it's the 90s, but this time we have a slightly older selection. I will note that uh, it did come out in 1987. It's a pretty good year, wouldn't you agree, Matt? This is definitely the best year of all time because it was the year that both of us were released ourselves. In fact, it is our birth year. I mean, that alone is probably the penultimate pop culture at this time. So, I mean, I'm not saying your segment is not necessary here, but let's hear what other amazing things were going on at this time. Well, I do need to point out that the specific month that this was released was April of 1987, which is the exact month that I was born in. So I'm feeling some very strong connections to the story today. So going through the pop culture at the time, just to put everyone into the mood and the style of 1987, we're going to go through things like the top songs and movies and whatnot to sort of get us into that mindset. Starting off with the top songs of 1987 in April specifically, there was some change in the charts throughout the month. It looks like the song Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from Starship was commanding through a large part of the month followed by Lean On Me and Tonight, Tonight, Tonight by Genesis. So some pretty good music here, especially the Starship song. I mean, that's that's classic stuff. Moving on to video games. This was a little bit more difficult because most of the releases in this month were Japanese releases. There were not really any important North American releases. There were a couple of them that got released in North America later, one of which is a game based on the anime Fist of the North Star, one of my personal favorites, uh, a really awesome tough guy anime from the 80s. There was also a game called Renegade, which has some really cool box art. It looks like a really fun sort of 
fighting type game, so I recommend looking at the box art for that one. But, you know, the main system at the time would have been NES, the original Nintendo. One that I do have nostalgia for because I was given one by my older cousins when it had already been replaced by the Super Nintendo, and I enjoyed playing through the library. Heading over to movies, the top grossing movie of April 1987 was The Secret of My Success, which I've never seen, but it is a Michael J. Fox film. There was also Police Academy 4 and Blind Date, as well as Platoon and Lethal Weapon. Lastly, we have TV, and it looks like The Cosby Show was commanding during this time, as well as Cheers and The Golden Girls. Definitely The Golden Girls, one of my favorites from back in the day. Hold on, when were you watching Golden Girls? I mean, was it on Nick at Night? Because I remember watching some things like Happy Days and whatnot on Nick at Night. I, I don't remember Golden Girls. I don't remember if it was on Nick at Night specifically, but I know it was a rerun on whatever. I, I think it came out on NBC. I don't know if it was on that network still in reruns or if it was somewhere else, but I did watch them as a kid. Yeah, Nick at Night was pretty sweet. I mean... Leave it to Beaver was on there as well. And then when I'd go over to my babysitters around this time, you know, like stuff like Laverne and Shirley, I remember being on like during the day, some of the like daytime sitcoms were pretty good as well. Starship, man. Oh, that is a ballad to live by. So that really hits. And movie wise. Yeah. Those, those movies, I honestly like outside of lethal weapon, I don't think I've seen them all. You've never seen uh, platoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, you mentioned yeah. Platoon. Yeah, I have seen Platoon. Yeah, I have seen Platoon. Yeah, that's a good one. But, yeah, the Starship song was the thing that I connected with the most here. Man, my wife loves that song, too, so it, it is an all-time classic. Well, I mean, there's nothing more timeless than music. You know, that it hits, man. Other than us, you know, because, again, yes. this, is, this is our well, we, time. We, yeah, we did lead as as the pop culture that, that we were born during this time, of course. Without reservation. I do think it's fitting that some of these games were Japanese that you had mentioned because we are getting into Japanese culture here with the secret of the ninja. Yes, and man, they uh, they went hard on the Japanese culture here because it opens up with a special note on the ninja and it talks about the different skills that ninjas might have and gives you just a short background on what a ninja is. Then there is a very large glossary of Japanese terms. It is three pages long, and it tells you about what all of these different words mean. I did go through a period of time where I was attempting to learn Japanese, which is extremely difficult, and I do know how to pronounce these words, and I do know what a lot of them are, but the glossary still might come in handy, so I'm kind of glad that it's there. But man, they really put a lot of thought and effort into the culture in this book by providing that sort of information up front. Yeah. And it's interesting because again, we have no prior knowledge of these books. We don't open them. And to kind of, this is the first one we've seen that it's like prepping us for something where, you know, we might be in over our heads, you know, we might not know what certain things are even as we make our choices. So to have this glossary, I'm hoping it means if we kind of get in a rut of like, what does this mean? Should we go to this or who is this person? It'll help us, understand, provide some context for kind of what we're dealing with. So I think there'll be a few times where maybe we don't know, like a position of what that title might mean, or maybe a trade a skill or something like that, or what we're eating. You know, it's like, do you want to eat this? I don't know what it is. Is it poisonous? We'll find out. 
But again, here you are. I mean, it takes me back to the mummy episode where you were our Egyptologist. Here you are, the master of Japanese culture here to help carry us to victory. And fans of the show will know that Matt tends to be very good at these stories. Well, now that you've built that up, I'll probably fail horribly in this one. But yeah, at least we don't have to worry about the Bembridge scholars this time like we did in the mummy episode. So I think that, you know, this is going to be a really good one, but we've never tried it out. So we're going we're gonna to see what happens. You know, we literally just picked this on a whim. We were just looking through books that we could use and that we could easily get. And this was one that stood out. We'll see how it goes. Well, it was kind of a journey because this Secret of the Ninja, I mean, it had two separate numbers for the book. So this is number 66, but there was a second one that is purportedly, I guess, the same book, which is a different number. And then I bought the book and it got a different cover. So it's like my cover is basically two girls running away from these ninjas in a fire, which is not at all what I expected. And what was your cover, Matt? So my cover is also of a girl just one and she's in like a karate stance and there are various like Japanese things around her. Like she has, there's a katana, there's a, what looks to be a geisha. Um, there's a ninja with his like scary eyes, like in his mask staring at you. I guess we'll find out what happens. There's a mask, which I think is a, I think is sort of like one that you would maybe see in like Japanese theater, like in the Kabuki shows, but I'm not sure about that. So they're really trying to hit hard with the Japanese culture. And honestly, you know, 80s into the 90s, ninjas were like all the rage, basically. I mean, you had the Karate Kid films and Ninja Turtles. I feel like everything when we were growing up was infused with the sort of basic Japanese type of culture. I bet a lot of it is because basically all video games were made in Japan when we were kids because they either came from Sega or Nintendo, which were both Japanese companies. So that sort of dominance over the game industry meant that a lot of these ideas of Japanese culture kind of seeped into American culture to some extent. I would also add to that list Shinobi for the Sega Genesis was a big game for me. Ninja Gaiden later on. And then uh, Three Ninjas Kick Back was one of my jams growing up. That oh, movie. man, <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched that since yeah, forever. That was awesome. Yeah, good one. My books, again, I, I probably would get a refund if, if I wasn't going to use it and I needed it. Kind of upset with the cover. I don't have a ton of Japanese culture here. It seems like they're going more for fear-mongering and scary effect in mine. It's a pretty good quality. It has coffee stains all over the top pages, so I'm not sure what had happened there. Maybe it's so uh, riling that you know the individual just was in shock and knocked over their coffee. <laughs> One page in particular actually has a cute little bookmark saying you did it. It's it's this little brown bear with glasses sitting on top of books, so it's like a kid bookmark. So I'm not really sure what that's about, but I'm going to leave it where it was to see if uh, we hit that page and what that page was about because they decided to end on this note, apparently, in particular. So that'll be something to pay attention to as well. That's really strange because I also had a bookmark. Mine says books like bookmarks, not dog ears. And it has a picture of a dog standing on top of a book. And uh, <laughs> mine's nice. very yellowed. So I, I feel like it might be from the 80s, actually. And yeah, so I guess we... Oh, actually, it says right on here it was printed in 1984. 
So this Jeez. is actually older than the book that it was in. It's probably <laughs> been in there since the kid read it in 1987. <laughs> so that's impressive. Nice. Yeah, I just love that whatever kid is here is drinking coffee as well. <laughs> it's very a very learned person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very sophisticated. Yes. Or maybe even back then there were men in their 30s like us that were still like that still wanted to read Choose Your Own Adventure books even back then, you know. With, with the you with the with the teddy bear you did a bookmark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's probably all they had at the local library, so you know he he had no choice but to pick up the teddy bear bookmark. You know, I feel um, like our generation, at least, I always use magic cards for my bookmarks. I mean, I, there's no other way, no other reason to have anything else. I used real bookmarks, but I respect the magic cards definitely. So what we'll be doing is just reading through. We're going to switch off page by page and. When we get to choices, we will discuss and decide if um, there is a deadlock. Then we will do a coin flip and figure it out from there. And, you know, once we get to an ending, we will go back and try some more and just sort of go however long we can, however long we have time and just see where we end up. Yeah, we try to get a reasonable amount of endings. We do always go until we get a good ending. And we've been pretty good so far in everything. I mean, our, our most recent one, we one-shotted on uh, Forbidden Castle. So I was pretty happy with that, given the... I felt it was slightly more challenging, but more rational. So I feel like um, that's kind of what I'm looking for here, where I feel that the writing will be more reasonable. Well, that was a, sort of what we went... Yeah, because like before this, we had done two Goosebumps episodes of Choose Your Own. And, you know, we both have a lot of nostalgia for those, but... When we went and did our last episode, which was um, a Choose Your Own Adventure series book, we liked it better because the writing, like it was more logical as to what the choices led to. And we're going to try another one and hope that it's the same. Now, obviously, this is probably a different author, so I guess we'll see if it's the same or not, like how it measures up. We will find yeah, out. This is this is Jay Liebold writing this. Right. So... Slightly different author here. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, R.A. Montgomery does have the copyright, but he's not the actual author on this. So I'm not sure what influence, if any, he would have had on it. But hopefully this individual kept with the spirit of the book. Thunder crashes and lightning splits the sky above you with such force, it seems the sky will shatter. You run for cover. Rain pours down in sheets, pounding you like a fist. The storm seems to want to destroy everything beneath it. Once inside the sliding doors of the dojo, you stand with your friend, Nada. Both of you soak to the skin, and watch the storm vent its rage. Another tremendous clap of thunder shakes the building to its foundation. Turn to page two. Nada casts a sidelong glance at you, as if to say, See what I mean? The two of you sit cross-legged on the floor unable to take your eyes off the tempest outside. Third one this week, Nada murmurs. And this is the dry season. The thunder and lightning finally give way to a steady downpour. Nada stands up and says, Let's get you some dry clothes. You follow her to a back room where she hands you a towel and a kimono. As you dry off and change, you retrace in your mind the history of your friendship with Nada. You'd studied karate in California before spending a summer in Japan. There, you met Nada and found you shared many ideas about martial arts. She introduced you to a new discipline called Aikido. 
A year ago, you moved to the city of Kyoto to pursue Akito more intensively. You and Nada became best friends. You were sad when Nada returned three months ago to her family's dojo in Nara, but you have kept in close touch. Now, as you tie your kimono and prepare to join Nada for tea, you wonder why she called you so urgently to Nara this morning. Turn to page four. Strange things have been happening here, Nada says, pouring hot water over the crushed leaves in the teacups. The storms are just one sign that something is wrong. There have been others. With a reed whisk, she stirs the leaves into a green froth in each cup, then gives you one. You hold it in both hands, letting the warmth seep in. But even without the signs, I can sense a presence here that is new, yet at the same time, ancient. You savor the bitter taste of the tea and look across the low table at Nada. Maybe you should start from the beginning. Nada shifts her weight on the reed mat. About a month ago, I started noticing things disappearing and reappearing in odd places. Then there were weird noises, shrieks, laughter. Now this week, the thunder. By themselves, these do not prove anything. It is Saki, which tells me there is a very powerful force here that wants to destroy us. Saki? A kind of sixth sense I learned in my training many years ago. I can feel the presence of harmful intentions. Did anything else happen around the time these signs appeared? Any new arrivals or changes in the dojo? Go on to the next page. No. Wait, yes. There was a new arrival, but not a student. It was a sword. An anonymous donor sent it to us, saying it was fitting that we should have it. We didn't know what to make of it. Was there anything unusual about it, you ask? To tell the truth, I didn't pay much attention. As you know, I'm not a big fan of weapons, although I have to admit it was beautiful. I do recall some odd markings on the hilt. Have you talked to the sensei yet? A little. He refuses to believe we are threatened. But now that you're here, I'll ask him to join us. Turn to page 8. The sensei is a slight man with a few wisps of white hair on his head and chin. He bows as Nada introduces you, then sits at the tea table, back straight, waiting for Nada to speak. Surely you are aware of what has been occurring at our dojo lately, she begins. Yes, he replies, in an even tone. But we've discussed this. In my opinion, it will pass if we remain calm. Didn't you hear the thunder today, Nada insists impatiently? It is true that in the old days such a storm was taken as a sign of war. But, he shrugs. Nada stands up. Sensei, we must do something. A presence here wants to destroy us. The sensei looks at you. Surely Nada's mother could see into the future when she named her child. Do you know what Nada means? Doesn't it mean the rough, open part of the sea where navigation is difficult, you ask? Exactly, the sensei responds, smiling. But someday, perhaps when she becomes sensei herself, she will learn patience. Turn to page 14. Your attention is distracted by several greenish lights, the size of fists, flickering above the cypresses outside. What are those, you ask? As Nada and the sensei turn to look, a bolt of lightning comes from nowhere and strikes the tallest tree, splitting it in two. You cringe at the thunderclap that immediately follows. Then there is silence. The sensei looks stunned. Nada is bristling. Now are you convinced? She demands. 
What more do we need? That was our sacred tree. We must defend ourselves. The sensei bows his head. Nada, you are right. I did not think such things were possible in these days. Thunder and lightning attacking us? You would think we were back in the days of our ancestors. Perhaps, Nada says. Perhaps, perhaps, Nada says, the days of our ancestors have come forward to us. What do you mean, Nada? The sensei asks. As I was telling my friend, I feel an ancient presence here. Saki tells me it's hostile. I don't know how else to explain it. It may be a kami. What's a kami? You ask. It's similar to a spirit, Nada says. Spirit never dies, only circulates. Everyone and everything has a spirit, and the spirit can filter through the world around us. If a kami is bothering us, it's our job to find out what it wants. Turn to page three. The sensei looks back and forth between you and Nada. Then he places his palms on the table and says, Nada, you come from a long line of warriors, though for many centuries they have practiced their art for peace, not war. I am old now. You must be the one to confront this danger. Nada bows to the sensei. So, he says, leaning back from the table, what course of action do you suggest? There is silence. The rain has stopped. You speak up. Maybe we should take a look at the sword and then try to track down the person who sent it. The sensei nods. A good plan. There is another option, Nada says. She hesitates before continuing. I said the present seemed very old. We could go back in time to find its origin. The sensei glances sharply at Nada. She holds up her hand to stop him from speaking and says to you, I will explain later. Let's just say we should consider it a possibility. If you think you should try to track down the donor of the sword, turn to page 78. If you think it may be a good idea to go back in time, turn to page 17. <laughs> man. What is going on here, man? Dude, it's just oh. like the last book we did was about time travel, so... I guess we have that option again. Well, we time traveled from, it was explaining how we got to the Forbidden Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. Not like we're in the Forbidden Kingdom and just traveling through time. Well, I think, well, we're in the current time right now. And so somehow they must have a way to go back in time. Logical. Yes. I mean, they're very confident. (laughs) I mean, the sensei literally says like, yeah, you you know, your mom would know, Nada, that this would happen that the mother can predict the future. And he's very confident that not his mother could predict the future. So, I mean, it's, I think it really comes down to what kind of story do we want? Do we want to stay in the modern time and try to find out who donated the sword? Or do we want to go back to, I'm assuming feudal Japan and get into that time period? I want to go for the sword personally, because I want to stay here. I really I'm fine with some time travel, but I don't want to get back and forth with different time sequences where we're messing with the past and stuff like that. Like I'm fine in Forbidden Kingdom doing time travel because we're just there. And then there's one point we're going back. I have no idea if this is going to become like a back to the future thing where we go back in time and then we do something. And and I don't even know what, why are we even going back in time? I don't know that either. I mean, there's this illusory spirit flying around that we're necessarily attributing to a storm. And I, I'm just not understanding even the motivation to going back in time. Are you picking up like why we would, we would go back? Not really. 
Unless the sword, well, the sword's old, so it's probably from the past like that or ancient time <laughs> period. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up back there anyway. But let's go ahead and try to find the donor of the sword. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, the donor of the sword said it fits us. Right. So yeah. obviously, if this is true with all this stuff happening, then you know the donor of the sword at least believes that it'll help us. So he must or she must know what's going on, right? I mean, it has that has to be the logical explanation. But yeah, this is um, an interesting start. I I feel pretty confused, but we will go to <laughs> page seventy eight. Let's try to find out where the sword came from, you say. I'll bring it in, Nada says. We can take a closer look at it. The sword is wrapped in silk. Nada places it on the table, unrolls the silk, and pulls the sword out of its scabbard. Its blade is sharper than anything you've ever seen. But it's the markings on the hilt that draw your attention. This is an odd symbol, the sensei says. I don't know what it stands for. Some kind of secret sect, perhaps. It almost looks like a family crest you say. Yes, the sensei says. In fact, it reminds me a little of the Miyamatori family crest. The Miyamatori, Nada exclaims. They were once the sworn enemies of my family. Are they still, you ask? Go on to the next page. Not really, Nada says, but these rivalries die very slowly. We'd better track down the person who sent us the sword and find out where they got it. Hmm, that may be difficult, the sensei says. There was little information enclosed with the sword. What about doing some research into the history of the Miyamatori family? You may find something that tells you about the ideogram on the hilt. But that would mean asking the Miyamatori family to let us look at their archives, Nada says. Luckily, I have a good friend who is a sensei at their ru. We could call him to help arrange your visit, the sensei says. Nada turns to you and asks, what do you think? If you say, let's do some research, turn to page 87. If you say, let's try to find the person who sent the sword, turn to page 101. Interesting. Man. This could be like a Godfather type thing where they're sending a warning to us. Of like, yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to yeah. kill you. It did only say it, it fits you, so maybe it, it was a... Uh, a way to say, I'm, I'm going to kill you type of thing. That's a possibility. Could be, because they said that they're rival. They used to and maybe still are rivals. So that's that doesn't bode well. Um, Especially if it's like you said, where maybe it was sent from the past type of thing. That maybe a person in the presence doing this to, I don't know. And I'm not sure what so, repeating what we did before is. I feel like we're, these are kind of two sides of the same coin. Isn't trying to find the person who sent the sword also a form of like doing research in a way? I yeah, that's like I, that's what we're that's why we would be calling them to research to find out who may have sent the sword based on where it comes from. And if we Correct. do call, then the Miyamatori, if that person is the one sending us this warning, they'll know that we know and are looking into it. And who knows, maybe that'll trigger them to respond in a way we don't want kind of tipping them off a little bit. Yeah, right, right. But here's the thing. I think doing the research is covert because he, the, the sensei says that he has a good friend who works at their Ru, which is like their martial arts school. So it says we could call him to help arrange your visit. So we're calling the sensei's 
friend, like the other sensei, like we're calling him, not the family directly. But I would assume if he could arrange the visit, he would be part of the family, right? To get into the archives. That's my assumption here is that the sensei is part of the Miyamotori family. I kind of read it that like he was going to help us like get in there somehow. But... So you think the art, like we don't know about the archives. We don't know if it's part of the Miyamotori family, if they have like a village or something, we have no idea if they have any protection over it, anything like that. I would assume it wouldn't just be in the hands of random people, not associated with the family, but it could be, I mean, it could be well, this family doesn't like exist anymore, you know, where it, it's like possible. literally a museum type deal. I'm assuming well, this family's still active. Me too. But Nada said, like, she's like, but that would mean asking the family to let us look at the archives. And then the sensei says, luckily, I have a good friend who is a sensei. So I feel like he's going to get us in without asking the family. That's that's the way I read that. So I'm going to say that I think we should try the research. I'm going to disagree. Um, I really think that this family is very protective of their archives and he might know a member of the family to be an intermediary, but we'll get found out. I fear. So I'm going to, mm. I'm going to say we should uh, continue with the research that I said before. All right. So you're going to say, so you're saying that we should try to find the person who sent the sword. Correct. Okay. Well, we're going to have to flip. All right. So heads will be, let's do some research. Tails will be, let's find the person who sent the sword. We got heads, so we're headed to the archives. I'm actually kind of wondering if that's what that even means. Like, now I'm wondering if it's the other way around. I don't know anymore. Because <laughs> I feel like find the person who sent the sword could also mean the archives, but... It could. I don't know. It's, it's decided. We'll have to find out. The next day, you and Nada take the train to the remote village below the Miyamatori estate. A taxi leaves you at the estate a forbidding castle set back in a dark valley. After a long climb up stone steps and through several gates, you ring the bell. The Rojo, house mistress, answers. Acknowledging that Mr. Hatama arranged for your visit, she leads you to the cramped archive room in a remote part of the castle. After the Rojo leaves, Nada remembers that she promised the sensei she'd give his regards to Mr. Hatama. I'll be back in a few minutes, she tells you. You start searching through the thick, tattered parchments while Nada is gone. Only a minute later, you hear a loud, rattling noise. It seems to be coming from down the hall. At first, you ignore it, but it becomes so loud and insistent, you can't concentrate on the papers. Cautiously, you walk down the hall to a heavy, squat door. You check to see that no one is watching, and try the door. It opens. Turn to page 99. It takes a moment for your eyes to adjust to the dim green light. When you do, you see you are in a large, dusty vault. Suits of armor hang from the walls, some of them containing skeletons. But it is the big urn in the center of the room that causes the rattling as it spins madly on its base. Greenish lights hover above it. It spins faster and faster until it topples to the ground, smashing into pieces and revealing what is inside. A corpse whose dead white eyes stare at you. Hastily, you back out of the room, close the door, and return to the archives. When Nada returns, you tell her, as calmly and precisely as you can, what you just saw. This is very bad, she says. 
We must avoid trouble here. We're not welcome guests. We'd better tell Mr. Hatama. If you say, don't you want to look for yourself first? Turn to page 90. If you agree that Mr. Hatama should be consulted, turn to page 69. Okay, now things are getting real here. <laughs> yeah, a body in a barrel? Um, Whoa. I mean, how does it even fit? I mean, it's... <laughs> it looks pretty confusing. big in the picture. Yeah, the picture's it's literally an urn. It's like a vase, yeah. a big old vase. Right. So for there to be a body in there, that's... It's no good to me. You should honor your dead, I would feel. I don't think jamming them in an urn is the best way to go about doing that, but what do I know? It makes me feel like this was like a murder or something that they were dumped in there. I mean, it's definitely not someone that they like care about, I would feel like. Yeah, we could have stumbled on something that goes against the family. This is sort of Godfather-like, potentially. <laughs> so now I don't know, because... Like, do we want this Atama guy to know that we found a body? Like, can we trust this guy? I mean, we don't really know much about him other than that he's a friend of the the sensei. Yeah, I just don't get why it would spin on its own and crash if it was trying to, like, hurt us, if we weren't welcome. It does seem well, to me... Well, it said the greenish light hovered above it, so it's definitely, like, some kind of magic or something. See, I was thinking th- to consult him because... I was kind of thinking that we're, you know, this family doesn't want us here. The ancestors hate our family, etc. And when he said that about they've been murdered, it kind of made me think think of that, where maybe it's an innocent person trying to, and I'm, again, I'm thinking of twists here, like an innocent person that was murdered by the family that maybe they kept. It could be part of our family, in fact, jumping out at us. Could be, who knows, our great great grandparent or something like that. But. Oh, man. So our options are do we want to look for yourself first, which is like kind of just like consulting her or go to Mr. Hatama to consult him. And he seems like he's a reasonable guy. I mean, he seems like he's friends with the sensei. So I don't really see any reason to like go back with Nada. Like what's she going to do? Like, I mean, I she doesn't know what's going on either. So, yeah, I agree. I think we should go to Hatama here. Yeah, I think so. So that takes us to page 69. You follow Nada through the halls of the castle to find Mr. Hatama. On your way, you run into the oldest son of the Miyamotori family. Nada bows nervously, introduces you, and says to him, It's a pleasure to see you again, Kato. The pleasure is mine, Kato replies coldly. I was under the impression you wanted to look through our archives, not nose around our castle. Ah, yes, you are quite right, Nada says. She has no choice but to tell him about the urn in the vault. Kato's face turns hard with anger. Show me this urn, he demands. You and Nada take Kato to the dusty vault. He opens the door and turns on a light switch. The broken urn is still there, but the corpse is gone. This is an outrage, Kato cries. That urn contained the body of my uncle who died last week. Is this how you repay the favor of letting you use our archives? No, no. Nada tries to explain. Kato cuts her off. You can do the explaining to the police. You and Nada wait for the police to arrive. You will be detained while the matter is cleared up. It will be several days at least before you get back to work on the mysterious force attacking the dojo. And by then, it may be too late. The end. Oh, no. Yeah, so that was Uh, my fear about going there because I I assumed the family was going to be in the archives somehow. And lo and behold, boom, he's just chilling around the archives 
And I think he's reasonable here. I mean, I think that, I mean, imagine if that were your uncle, although again, I, I don't know why he's in an urn, but. I, you know, I don't think that the mistake was going to the archives. I, I think we just screwed up when it comes to the <laughs> urn uh, because we could try the other option, which was to go to page 90. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, but, but we really screwed that up. And I think this is one of our worst starts that we've had probably. Oh, it is our worst start without, without reservation. Yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah, we have to, yeah, I, I you have the storyline of the archives. I have the storyline not going to the archives. So I think, I feel like we need to, we haven't messed up with the archives yet. There's still room to grow here. So let's, instead of uh, going to see Mr. Hatama, we're going to investigate further with Nada in this castle. And hopefully we don't get stuck in a tomb. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. Just a quick look, Nada says. You take Nada down the hall, pause at the door, then step inside. The door swings closed behind you. It is pitch dark in the room, and the air is heavy. I can feel it in here, the presence of the kami, Nada whispers. You light a match. The broken shards of the urn are still on the floor, but the corpse is gone. You hear a scraping sound at the other end of the vault. You and Nada creep toward it, the match illuminating a tiny space in front of you. Finally, you reach the back wall. You can see nothing else. Just three stone walls. This is not an ordinary wall, Nada says, her hands feeling the stone. She directs the match to a crack in the corner. It's a secret doorway. She pushes it, and part of the wall swivels open. How could you tell, you ask? Nada stops for a moment. There's something I've never told you, which I guess you'd better know now, she says. Before I began Aikido, I had another kind of training. Ninjutsu. My family has been a ninja clan for many centuries. So have the Miyamatori. Go on to the next page. She pauses while you absorb this revelation. Ninja were supposed to have amazing powers, not only in the martial arts, but in techniques of invisible movement and even sorcery. So we may be dealing with a ninja, you say. Possibly, Nada says. It's still hard to tell what this is all about. Maybe we should go back to the archives, you suggest. We may find something in our research that will help us figure this out before we fall into some kind of trap. Yes, Nada replies. Except that if we're on its trail, I'd hate to lose it. If you push for going back to the archives, turn to page 102. If you decide it's a good idea to go into the secret passage, turn to page 22. Secret passage, no doubt. I'm not going to not go into a secret passage. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the wall swivels open. I mean, that's pretty cool. You've got to go in there. Yeah, I feel like if we go back to the archives, doesn't that just lead us to the other ending where we just run into Kato and all that jazz? We know I that now. Like it has to, right? I mean, that, that's got to. It's not the same page, but it, it must eventually run in that way somehow, I think. Yeah. And the other thing is, this could be a, like a mummy situation where maybe Nada's like remembers being here before due to like ancestry and passing on and whatnot. So it seems like I think deep down she has some kind of understanding of this place, and she's—I feel she's not blind here. Dude, that's that's a light bulb moment right there. I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be the exact same sort of thing where it's like, yeah, she has like this family connection. And she clearly has some sort of powers or something where she can see and understand things. So, yeah, I think this is the way to go. 
page 22. You follow Nada through the secret door. You find yourselves in a long, narrow passageway. You silently feel your way through the darkness. You listen closely for sounds ahead of you. You come to an intersection where you feel out passageways going in four directions. A small sound to your right draws you that way. You follow the passage until suddenly it ends. You feel along the walls. I found something, Nada whispers after a minute. It's just within my reach. I think it's the bottom rung of a rope ladder. She reaches up, grabs the rung, and starts to pull herself up. Wait, you say. Don't you think there's something strange about this? What do you mean, Nada asks. There are always just enough clues to keep us on the trail. It's as if whatever is in front of us wants us to keep following it. I feel like we're being lured. I think maybe it's tracking us, not the other way around. You might be right, Nada says, but we're so close to it now, I don't want to lose it. I'll bet it's waiting for us at the top, you argue. It'll have us just where it wants us, and we won't be able to escape. True, Nada says, but we have the advantage of knowing it's a trap. We can devise a strategy. If you agree to go ahead and climb the ladder, turn to page 96. If you tell Nada you want to try a different way, turn to page 100. It's interesting that our character is arguing for a specific... Like, our character wants to go the other way. That's what she's saying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like Nada is, again, she's she's the guide here. She knows what's going on. I, I had some fears anytime you talk about a rope ladder and an ancient tomb. I think it's going to break, but she's on it. I mean, she's there, so it's, it didn't, like, disintegrate. So I feel like it's reasonable. And I don't know that we know the spirit's bad yet. I mean, I know our character's kind of assuming that, right? But we don't know that. This, this individual could be guiding us to some secret that we need to actually defeat whatever it is that's bad. We don't know that the spirit here is malevolent. Again, it could be an ancestor type thing. So I'm inclined to climb the rope ladder here. 100%. I mean, this isn't even a question for me. I, I'm operating under the assumption that this spirit is actually good and that it's leading us. So I think we should follow it. And I don't see how, if we go, what different way are we going to go? We don't even know what else is down here. So I think we go up the ladder. What's our strategy when you get to the top of the ladder? You ask Nada. It will require you to go to the limit of your defensive skill, Nada says. You climb the ladder first. I'll be a few feet behind you. You must be ready for anything at the top. If you can hold it off for just a few seconds, this will give me my chance to grab it. Be prepared. It will probably be extremely vicious. You nod. Take a moment to prepare yourself and begin climbing the ladder. You reach the top and carefully you feel what is above you. It's a trap door, you whisper to Nada. Okay, she whispers back. Open it. Now. You push open the door and immediately swing away from it. One hand still holding the ladder. Something. It feels like the jaws of an animal. Grabs your arm. You see Nada catapult straight up past you, as if shot out of a cannon. A second later, there's a bright flash, then puffs of smoke. Come on up, Nada says, coughing in the smoke. He used the smoke bomb to get away. You untangle the thing around your arm. It's a Kusari Fundo, a chain with metal weights on each end, and climb through the trap door. 
As the smoke clears, you find you're on a parapet. Below are the ramparts, walls, and courtyards of the castle. There is no sign of your attacker. I have no doubt now that we are dealing with a ninja, Nada says. Why he's attacking us, I don't know. But he managed to escape our counter trap. Now we need a new strategy. Turn to page 104. Why don't we split up, you suggest? That way we have a better chance of finding him, and he can't attack us both at once. All right, Nada agrees, but be careful. Try to be attuned to Saki, to the force of the killer. Let's meet here in 20 minutes if we find no clues. You nod, and the two of you split up to look for the ninja. You climb down the parapet and go along one of the stone ramparts, moving with Harage. You follow the rampart to an outer running wall from which you can survey the tiled roofs and curved gables of the castle. On the other side of the wall is a long, sheer drop into a ravine. Suddenly, you roll to the left, dropping off the wall and hanging on to the top of it by your hands. A black-clad figure lands for a second at the spot you had just left, but his momentum, which he expected you to break, carries him off the wall and into the ravine below. As he goes by, you see his eyes are the white eyes of the corpse. You pull yourself back up the wall and call to Nada. You tell her what happened. I don't know how I knew he was coming, you say. I didn't think about it. I just got out of the way. That's Saki, Nada says. What about the corpse, you wonder? How could it attack me? I think the Kami must have possessed the body of the dead man in order to attack us. But I still don't know why the ninja wanted to kill us. We'd better get out of here, you say. I'll bet the sensei will have some ideas. The end? What? <laughs> it sounds like we're still on the case here. Like, yeah, why, did a, why did it end? We just did a pro move and, and dodged yeah. this this ninja, killed him. Did, right. What? So now, but, and then it's like, okay, let's go to the sensei. The end? So are we just supposed to assume that, like, the sensei fixes everything? Like, he knows what's happening? It's it's not like a bad ending. Like we just like did something awesome. What? Why is it over? I I don't know. Yeah, the sensei has nothing to do with this. This is a completely separate thing that we're doing. So it's basically saying whatever we're doing just can't possibly work. Even though we literally killed, a, I guess this kami possessed him remotely and was able to control this corpse remotely, but it wasn't actually the kami himself it seems to me like it had possessed this ninja and we just defeated it and we all know like maybe it transfers to us in horror movies but here this is op man like why what are we, how are we supposed to do anything like, <laughs> well i think that the kami the kami was i think the green glow that we saw above the barrel so the kami like entered into the body of the nin of the dead uncle and then was moving it around. That's why whenever we went back in the room, the body was gone. So the Kami was, you know, inside of this body and operating it and then tried to kill us apparently, but failed. And so I feel like this is the first part of the story and now it's just ended. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's, that's way too OP. If, if we kill the thing it's possessing and it just can move on to something else, it could just like kill us with unlimited corpses and we can't do anything about it. But yeah, it's, it's literally uh, Hey, you, you did well, get ready for your, the next part of your adventure, except 
there is no next part of the adventure. And <laughs> is there like another book? <laughs> like, is there a book too? I mean, I doubt it, but I mean, it sounds like that's what it set it up for almost, you know, it's, it's very weird. Yeah. I, I don't understand. This is um, not an end. This is not an end, even remotely no. an end. And now I'm wondering what else are we supposed to do? Like wh- where else do we go? I guess we don't go on the ladder and we go the other way. I mean, that's the last choice yeah. we made. And Cause I went back and looked and the, the choice where if we said to like, go back to the archives after we were deciding, do we go in the passage or not? That leads to an end. So the only other option is if instead of climbing the ladder, we say that we want to go a different way. So that's the only branch that's left off of this choice of going to the archives. So if if we want to see what that is, we go to page 100. All right, so our two options here were basically we could go back through the archives, which we feel is just going to lead back to Cato. And then the other choice was instead of climbing the ladder, because for whatever reason, we knew there was a a creature there, we're going to find another way. So we're going to go back to find another way. We're still pursuing this castle, kind of explore it. Hopefully there are some answers here. So we're going to page 100. Let's look for another way around, you say. I don't like the idea of walking into a trap, even if we're prepared for it. It would be foolish to climb the ladder if you have doubts. Nada agrees. You and Nada go back to the intersection of passageways and take a right. The passage twists and curves, seeming to go nowhere. I've lost track of where we are, you say. It was built to do that, Nada replies. We must be careful when we finally find a way out of it. The ninja, or whatever it is, may know exactly where we are going to emerge. At last you do come to a dead end in the passage. Nada feels around for the secret door. We have to be ready for anything, she whispers. Flatten yourself against the wall on the other side of the door. When I open it, I'll jump back on this side, and we'll see if anything is waiting for us. You cross to the wall on the other side. Nada swings the door open quickly, then jumps away from it. Light pours in from the opening. You wait for five, ten, fifteen minutes. Nothing happens. You don't hear a sound. Carefully, you and Nada move to the door and through it to a stone courtyard. Lying face down in the middle of the courtyard is the corpse. If you decide to look at the corpse, turn to page 81. If you think you should tell Nada it's time to talk to Mr. Hamada about the bizarre events, turn to page 115. Neither of these are good, you know, because we know that the corpse is probably possessed, and that, but I'm not going back to Hitama, so... I think we have to look at the corpse, right? Yeah, we have to. And and hopefully we just win the fight, I guess. Right. And then it'll just be like, oh, you won the fight. And, you know, like you did before, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so page 81. You and Nada carefully circle the corpse. While Nada waits on one side, you stand across from her and reach down to look at the body. When you turn the corpse over, a horrible demon mask stares back up at you. Suddenly the white eyes come alive. They grip you as if binding you with a rope. The rope squeezes tighter and tighter. Nada frantically attacks the demon corpse, but her blows bounce off of it as if it were made of steel. You struggle to maintain consciousness. Nada, desperate enough to try anything, pulls the demon mask off the face of the corpse. The grip on you loosens, 
Inada immediately ties her fingers into a series of strange knots. It's over in a matter of moments. The corpse, once again, lifeless. This time, for real. What happened, you ask, still dazed. When you pull off the mask, it seemed to lose its power. I don't think the mask had any real power. Pulling it off just distracted him and gave me an opening, Nada explains. I think the corpse was possessed by a ninja kami. The kami that has been attacking our dojo. I was able to use kuji, a form of sorcery I learned in my ninja training, to scare it away. It may return, though. At least it won't be back for a while, you say. Maybe in the meantime, we can figure out where it came from and what it wants. The end. <laughs> Another ambiguous, sort of like middle of the road. sort Literally of what we said would happen. I love that it's like this It falls over this time for real until like the commie just possesses it two seconds later and then does the same thing again. <laughs> <Right>. It's like... <laughs> Now, I, I will say, I really want to read the ending that we could have had on 115 if we had uh, made the other choice, okay? If we had gone to Hatama, right? Because this is a hardcore ending. I'm surprised it would be different because it was literally the one presented before, and then we ran into Kato, so go ahead. Oh, no, this is quite different. This is getting very strange, you say, Tanada. I think we'd better tell Mr. Hatama about it. I suppose you're right, Nada replies. If the Miyamotori family catches us here with this corpse, we'll be in a lot of trouble. You and Nada begin to walk out of the courtyard to look for Mr. Hatama. A slight sound makes you look behind you. You turn just in time to see the corpse, wearing a horrible demon mask, bringing a sword down at your neck. The end. Yeah. Oh, wow. And there's this big, there's like the picture of the demon mask here too. Really creepy. Yeah. That's kind of spooky. I guess that makes sense. It was playing like possum thinking it was like, I'm going to, you know, the ultimate uh, ninjutsu or whatever, where it's invisible by hiding in plain sight. Um, It seems that was the strategy of this ninja. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, you know, the ninja, how they just lie down in the middle of the ground, hoping to drag you in, but he tricked us. It worked. And uh, I guess we messed up there or we would have messed up there had we gone there, but we would never have made that choice. Usually we kind of explore different options to us. We didn't really feel like that would ever be a real option because we had already run into Kato before. Well, we managed to get a couple endings that were like live to fight another day sort of endings, but I wouldn't say we got like a good ending. So there's only one other way we could have gone here. And that's if we had pushed for going back to the archives instead of taking the secret passage. And that would take us to page 102. Now, I don't think that we would have done this. So, I mean, for the listener's sake, do we give them the last piece of ending from this archives path, or do we leave it up to them to discover? Well, I mean, I, I want to know, just because I want to know if the archives path has, because, I mean, we've had nothing burgers or a terrible one. want to know if there's a possibility of a good ending if you decide to, do the archives. So this is more just for my, you know, to tickle my fancy. All right, let's head to 102. I'll let you handle this as this is the climax of your decision to go to the archives in the first place. Let's go back to the archives, you say. I've got a hunch we may turn up something there. You go back through the vault and return to your research. Finally, your tired eye catches it. The ideogram on the sword. Here it is, you say to Nada. 
you discover the ideogram was the secret crest of a ninja ru founded 400 years ago by Sanchiro Miyamatori. According to legend, Sanchiro was taught the art of ninjutsu as well as sorcery by a Tengu, a mythical long-nosed winged creature supposed to live in trees in the mountains. The Tengu gave Sanchiro a sword which was the source of his powers. Sanchiro exercised his power to accumulate a large amount of land and wealth, but one day he was cut down by another ninja named Dana Kurayama, an ancestor of Nada's. Sanchiro died, cursing the Kurayama clan and vowing revenge. That's the answer, Nada cries. The force disturbing our dojo is the kami of Sanchiro Miyamatori. When we received his sword, it inflamed the desire for revenge. Whoever sent us the sword wanted to stir up trouble between our families. I'm sure that what was in the vault was the kami in another form, trying to lure us into a trap. Then maybe if we return the sword to the Miyamatori, you begin. Yes, Nada exclaims. Good idea. I'm sure they'd be pleased to get it back. Not only will it calm the kami, but it could be the beginning of a reconciliation between our families. The end. Aw, what a happy ending. <laughs> so that's the happy ending right there. So that's what we really needed to do, was give them back the sword. That's pretty messed up, though, to be honest, because you went to the archives, right? Because you wanted to do exactly this. But they didn't give it to you right away. So they had to bring you into this corpse area with this urn and a corpse coming out of it. And then the only way to then do what you wanted to do in the first place is to pursue it and then deny the secret passage. Because if you go right back into the archives, you run into Kato. So it's like you have to pursue this with one choice, but not two. And then that's your <laughs> sense. It's like, that is that is the most roundabout way to get to that ending you could. But I guess it's it's kind of anticlimactic if you just go to the archives, research it, and then immediately solve it. So I guess they wanted you to get drawn into this story. Yeah, a little bit. But even then, all you really get to see is like the corpse in the barrel and you see that there's a passage, but you don't actually go that far. Like you don't actually ever see the corpse animated by the spirit or anything. So you never really would learn what it was unless you made the wrong choices and went and fought it. So it's kind of weird in a way. But uh, yeah, I guess that's the good outcome of the archives. Well, I think what we should do is go back and do what you wanted to do, which was to try to find the person who sent the sword. <laughs> now, keep in and, mind, it is ambiguous because technically going to the archives does this. I have no idea what this actually means. How I initially read it was to do it without going to the archives because I was afraid of running into this family. So I'm assuming Maybe there's a different way to do a research, but I'm not actually sure. We'll find out. You and Nada find the letter that came with the sword. There's no return address and no signature. I don't know how we can track down the sender, Nada says. Can we find the box it came in? After you managed to dig the box the sword came in, you check the wrapping paper for a postmark. San Francisco, you exclaim. Then I guess that's where we're going, Nada says. We can catch a plane from Kyoto in the morning. You and Nada wrap the sword and put it in a viola case to take on the plane to California. You get your ticket at the airport and head to the boarding gate. As you approach the metal detector, you realize you will have to pass through it with the sword. What are we going to do? Nada whispers as you wait in line. 
They'll never let us take the sword on the plane. It's too late to go back now, you say in a low voice. We can say it's an heirloom. This better work, Nada replies. You go through the detector first. Nada places the viola case on the conveyor belt. No sirens, bells, or buzzer sound. Nada picks it up and you walk to the gate. I hope there are no hijackers trying to get on this flight, she murmurs. Maybe this is just a very weird sword, you reply. Turn to page 92. On the plane, you stash the sword safely in the overhead luggage compartment. The plane taxis down the runway, and soon you are on your way to San Francisco. But you are not in the air long before a passenger walking past your seat trips and falls for no apparent reason. Then a stewardess suddenly upends a tray full of breakfast all over your lap, causing you to jump around as hot tea soaks through your clothes. Things seem to calm down after breakfast, but then a ruckus starts in the overhead compartment. You open the door, and the viola case is bouncing furiously against the walls inside. The pilot comes over the speaker and says, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to report that our engines are failing. We're going to make a crash landing in the ocean. Please fasten your seatbelts. I've radioed for help. The stewardesses move about the cabin quickly, making preparations and calming the screaming passengers. The plane plunges. Miraculously, no one is hurt in the crash landing. Rafts are inflated, emergency doors are opened, and the occupants of the plane are evacuated. In the confusion, Nada grabs the sword. Turn to page 97. A few hours later, a freighter arrives to pick you up. Once on board, some passengers laugh and some cry in relief. But after a few moments, a high-piercing note comes from inside the viola case. The captain of the freighter announces, I hate to say this, folks, but our engines are malfunctioning. Stand by while we locate the trouble. Everyone glares at you. The stewardess who spilled the tray comes over and says, Look here. I don't know what you've got in that viola case, but I've got a feeling it's causing all this. Either it goes or you go. No! Nada cries. We can't give up on this case. We have to find out what's going on. If you think you should convince Nada to throw the sword overboard, turn to page 83. If you agree that you must hold on to it, turn to page 84. We've got to keep it. I mean, if we throw the sword, we'll never solve the case, yeah, I don't, right? No. I mean, we can always maybe go back for it, like Titanic. You know what I mean? Like, we can... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get some deep sea equipment. <laughs> dredge it up. I just can't believe not only did nobody die, but no one was hurt through a plane crash. <laughs> so it's like, as yeah. much as this sword's cursed, it's kind of like, is it looking out for us too? Because that's pretty wild to me. Yeah, maybe it's trying to take us somewhere, actually. Maybe it wants us to get, like, into the ocean here. Maybe we find, like, some island or something. Because they're about to kick us out, so we're, we're going to be adrift. We're going to be on our own here, so... I think maybe we're headed somewhere on purpose. I mean, yeah, maybe they give us a life raft. But yeah, I imagine the sword crashed the plane to land at a certain location. And now, same thing with the freighter to get us kicked off, so we have to end up going to the location again the last time we followed the spirit it did not bode well for us so maybe it's not the best of ideas but yeah that's our mission we're not just going to toss this heirloom that's that would be insane so we'll go to page 84 the crew of the freighter lowers a lifeboat into the water followed by you nada in the viola case 
They include water and a weak supply of space food sticks, and wish you luck. Once you've left the ship, its engines apparently recover and it steams away at rapid speed. You find yourselves alone in the middle of the Pacific. Two days later, you are still there. The sword is quiet, and you haven't seen a single ship or plane. We must be out of the shipping lanes, you say. Later in the day, you spot a pillar of smoke on the horizon. Look, you cry, maybe it's a ship. But as the smoke grows into a black cloud, and fire shoots into the sky, you realize it's no ship. You watch in awe as the eruption builds. Great columns of flame burst forth. A cone-shaped piece of land rises from the sea. Your boat drifts toward the new island. The heat is intense as you float to the shore. Nada begins to row away from the hot land. Wait, you say. Something's on the shore. Globs of lava rise out of the molten rock, seeming to stand up to greet you. They don't appear to have mouths, but you hear a deep, raspy voice say, We are the gods of the forge and sword-making. You have a sword that is causing disruption in our world. You must give it to us. Nada is defiant. Never. If you don't want to give it to them either, turn to page 106. If you think you should throw the sword to the lava creatures, turn to page 63. I don't think the lava creatures are uh, going to help us by any means. So, I don't know. I mean, well, they I said it's we causing. Probably keep it. They said it's causing disruptions, right, in the world. And we know that from the plane. And we also know from our previous adventure that the sword is enchanted by the kami, right, from that family. It's seeking revenge, essentially. And if we destroy the sword, certainly that would destroy the kami, right? And then we would have the problem resolved without needing to actually seek the source. I think we give it to the lava creatures and let them destroy it. That's my guess here. Because again, we know it's possessed by this evil demon hell-bent on revenge i you know i think you're right what you convinced me man yeah at first i thought okay these guys are monsters like we can't give them the sword but you're probably right i mean they that's the logic here you know that we need to get rid of this thing yeah we only know that from our previous entries though otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't know it's possessed by this thing but All I think right. you're right. I think that's probably right. Yeah, I think you're, that's convincing. All right, well, so let's page. go to 63. You grab the viola case and toss it to the lava globs on the shore. It quickly disappears into the molten mass. Thank you, the voices say. The globs appear to bow. Passing out from the heat, Nada sinks back in the lifeboat. Soon you do the same. When you come to, the boat has drifted out of sight of the island. Nada apologizes to you. I don't know what possessed me, she says. For some reason, I couldn't let go of the sword. I'm glad you gave it to the forge, Kami. Now that it's back where it originated, I have a feeling our troubles are over. If only we could get rescued, you say. It won't be long, Nada tells you. A plane flew over two hours ago. The pilot signaled that he saw us. A rescue ship is on the way. The end. We did it. Yeah. Nice, yes. man. Nice. Yes. Well done. Wow. Well, so we got a good ending. This is uh, this is pretty much as good as it could go, I think. Yeah, we destroyed it, saved everything, and we're going home, man. Not bad. Can't beat that. 
The only thing that doesn't happen is that we don't reconcile the families. Yeah. Because we, we did get that with the archives, but I think that this is like a cooler storyline, definitely. I mean, we had some lava monsters here, plane crash, a little bit more exciting. Yeah, it was nice. It was good. Do we want to go back in time? Let's. <laughs> so, yeah, going back to the beginning, we kind of had the branch of finding the source of the sword that was causing all these natural disasters happened. Or for whatever reason, we could go back in time. And it seemed like very diff- clearly different stories. It seems like we're going back to the time of this guy who owned the sword. That seems to be what's going to happen. So that is where we were heading. So that brings us to page 17. How can we go back to the past, you ask? Well, Nada says, first I must tell you something. Do you remember when we first met? One of the things that brought us together was our interest in moving beyond aggressive forms of bujutsu, martial arts, in favor of Aikido. We talked about how Aikido provided a way to integrate our physical, mental, and spiritual energies, and how it drew on inner balance to give us not only a means of self-defense, but also a way to live. In your case, it was karate that you left behind. And you too, you put in. That's not entirely true. You see, my family has for many centuries been a ninja clan. I was trained in ninjutsu. It just takes a moment for this to sink in. Then you ask, why did you stop? One never really stops, Nada replies. I just wanted to focus on Aikido. But I did put away my tools of ninjutsu. I was afraid of what was happening. Afraid I was on a violent path. It's the old problem. If you invest too much time in learning the techniques of death, you tend to want to use them. Perhaps someday, when I am wiser, I will resume my training. You nod, absorbing this information. You had heard amazing stories about the ninja from your mother. In addition to bujutsu, ninja were supposed to be skilled at stealth, invisibility, and even magic. You'd always been curious to learn more about ninjutsu. And now it turns out your best friend is a ninja. Turn to page 12. My training included Kuji, Nada continues. It's kind of a sorcery that calls up certain forces of the universe. Once you begin to tap into these forces, the stuff the present moment is composed of, matter and time, starts to seem very fragile and also quite changeable. It's like learning to open a door you didn't even know existed. You would have to understand the principle of Jen, the sensei says. Jen means illusion, Nada explains. Think of the physical world, including our bodies as a conglomeration that can and will be dissolved. There are ways to slip between the cracks if you can find the right vibration of matter and time. I know this is a very general description, but to go into any more detail would literally take years. There's only one problem with your plan. Nada, the sensei says. It's too dangerous. You have not practiced Kuji for years, and you know how risky it is to go into the past. But it's our best hope, Nada protests. With your help, I think we could pull it off. At least we could try to find out more about this Kami, if that's what it is, before you risk such a thing, the sensei says. How, you ask. Go to the next page. Tatarigami, he replies. Trance. But you or I could never be the vehicle, Nada says to the sensei. 
That's true, the sensei says. He looks at you. It's like being hypnotized, Nada explains to you. The kami is invited to speak through you and let its wants be known. But it is just as dangerous as going into the past, if not more. The kami may possess you. But we would have Tatsumo, the Shugendo priest, conduct the trance, the sensei counters. Still, if it's an especially powerful kami, Nada's voice trails off. If you decide to agree to be put into the trance, turn to page 54. If you would rather not and want to go straight into the past, turn to page 40. Yeah, not feeling the trance, man. I, uh, I'm just not. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a guy that's into hypnosis. I, I'm very like uh, strong-willed. I don't like the idea of someone taking over my body and like speaking through me. Seems kind of weird. Not really feeling it. Plus, I mean, the whole purpose was to just go into the past and see what happened there. So, I yeah, mean, I can't think of any good reason to do the trance. I'm getting Diablo vibes here. You know, we're, we're at the end after you defeat Diablo, he sticks the gem in his forehead thinking he can take the demon. And of course he can't. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm worried, you know, it will be the Kami and bad things are going to happen. I have no idea why they would trust us to be the vehicle here. We have no real powers. We've, we're, we're not trained in ninjutsu and, you know, maybe we'll find out we have more powers than what we know. Um, we have a little bit of that Saki energy going for us. But other than that, I don't see how we're equipped for it. Why couldn't they be the vessels? It just seems weird to me. I mean, maybe it's because the demon would be too strong and overpower. That's sort of what I was thinking, but it doesn't really spell it out. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think they're, they're just cowards. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably it, actually. So it looks like we're headed to page 40. I think we should go into the past, you say. But how can I come with you? Simon Jitsu, the sensei answers, similar to what you would call hypnotism, only much more powerful. It will enable you to accompany Nada. You have one more question. How will we know what time and place to go to? The markings on the sword may help us out, Nada replies. We'll copy them down to take with us, but it's not like setting a clock. Mainly the energy vibrating from the Kami's presence and the sword will direct us. Before you go, Sensei says, you will have to do some preparation. You have to learn some of the basic techniques of ninjutsu. You will also need to learn the customs and manners of the past so that you will not seem too much a stranger. The next week is spent preparing to set out on your search into the past. During the day, you train in ninjutsu with Nada and the Sensei, and at night, you study Japanese history. The sensei rummages up some clothes that will enable you to pass for carpenters, which will give you an excuse to be traveling, since farmers were not supposed to leave their land. He also provides each of you with the furoshiki, which you use to carry your gear. Finally, the day arrives. Nada sits you down on a bench in the dojo. After meditating together, she stands opposite you and fixes you with her eyes. Using the techniques of seiminjutsu, she has you count down with her. Nine, eight, seven, six. Turn to page nine. The next thing you are aware of is opening your eyes and finding yourself standing beside Nada in a rice paddy. Steep wooded hills rise on either side of you. Let's go, Nada says. How do we know where to go? We don't, Nada replies, wading to an embankment. What do you mean, you ask? 
How can we know where to go? We must let ourselves wander, and sooner or later we'll find what we need. But don't you have a plan, you insist? Yes, she says. My plan is to wander aimlessly until we find something or someone who looks like they know something. Reluctantly, you follow Nada up the embankment to a road running along the edge of the valley. Until now, Nada has seemed to know exactly what to do next. You begin to wonder what you've gotten yourself into. Where the paddy stops, the valley narrows. All is quiet except for the trickling water of a creek. You're approaching a bend in the road when some wild geese in a pond take off in startled flight. You wonder what frightened them. Suddenly, you want to dive away from the road. If you grab Nada and dive into the woods, turn to page 6. If you decide you are getting too jumpy, turn to page 82. You know, Matt, not all who wander are lost. Deep roots are not touched by the frost. So I think that... It seems to me like this is a warning. I feel like the geese are sensing something going on and that they're probably like a warning. So I think we should probably go into the woods. I'm with you on this. We know we have the Saki ability where we just have this sixth sense of some sort. And obviously we don't know that yet, but it seems like that's what's happening here. It's like we our, our spidey senses are tingling. That something might be there. Could also just be us, but I feel like worst case scenario, we jump into the woods. Unless this is like a you jump into like a thorn bush and skewer yourselves or you, you jump off a cliff. I think we're fine. Hopefully they don't pull something like that. Other than that, worst case scenario, we sit, investigate, and then hop back out on the road if there's no one there. So I agree. I kind of <laughs> hope that we do jump into a thorn bush or a jagger bush, as I would call it. Yeah, so this could be a, like a horrible decision. We don't know what's in the woods. We could run into a bear. Who knows? <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, I think that our sixth sense that we have, it's probably this is a manifestation of that. So let's head to page six. A split second after you grab Nada's arm and dive into the woods, a wall of flame erupts on the road, and a net lands over the spot where you were. From nowhere appear five ninja, armed with all manner of swords, staffs, and blades. Nada pieces together a bow from her furoshiki and disables two of the ninja with arrows before the others detect your position in the bushes. They split up, two going to the right and one to the left. Nada tilts her head to the right, indicating she'll take those two. You nod and she disappears. You find a depression in the forest floor and burrow down in it. You cover yourselves with leaves and twigs, then wait for the other ninja. The foot is next to your face almost before you know it. You grab it and push it out from under the ninja, sending him to the ground. You sit up and pivot to pin him, but he springs to his feet and draws his sword. With shock, you realize that it is the sword from Nada's dojo. You meet his attack with a Kato defense, grabbing the ninja's sword arm with your left hand. You bring it down to your right hand, cross your left leg, and up and over your right shoulder. The sword flies off to your right, and your attacker hits the ground. For a moment you hesitate between getting the sword while it's loose and preventing the ninja from rising again. If you go for the sword, turn to page 18. If you go for the ninja, turn to page 108. I mean, I'm going for the sword here. I don't know, man. It's like, I say this every time that in horror movies, when you knock the person over, 
just get on top of them and destroy them. But here, I don't know that we can. I feel like we're probably going to get overpowered, but we don't have sword training yet. We're just this defensive, it seems like a judo type thing. I just don't think we can take the ninja in hand to hand. I think if we jump on top, he's going to like flip us over and just like destroy us. I mean, I the sword would be a huge advantage because he's unarmed. Like, so I think the sword, that's definitely where I would head. The problem with the sword, though, is he could just run and tell people we're here, revealing our position, and then we're stuck. Like, I, I just don't see a world where we get the sword and we do anything with it. I, you know, he may have another sword. He could just go to the other ninjas. We've lost the element of surprise. Well, they already kind of know where we're at, right? Well, we surprised him by grabbing his foot out. So it's like, right. uh, you know, if we pin him and we're able to prevent him from speaking, if you know what I mean, right. then <laughs> then he yeah. wouldn't be able to <laughs> tell other people. It's, it's interesting. I will say that this scene here is the cover of my book. So this is the scene that uh, they drew, which is kind of interesting. So it seems like an important scene. I mean, oh, I, I'm stuck so on the sword, man. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking we have him on the ground. We get him pinned, man. But I, I agree with right. you that maybe if we grab like a stick or something, we can, <laughs> you know, coup de gras like him. Force too, where we were equipped with like a wooden stick at the beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. All if, right. we, if we just had a dagger or something, you know? Yeah. I. Well, I mean, so if we're at a deadlock, then... Going for the sword will be heads, and going for the ninja will be tails. It's heads. <laughs> it is time to go for the sword on page 18. You retrieve the sword and face the ninja. He is on the ground staring at you. You feel you're looking into two lifeless, bottomless wells. You try to look away, but can't. Nada makes her attack on the other two ninja, but you are frozen. The ninja yells a code word, causing the other two to duck away from Nada and retreat to their injured comrades on the road. Helplessly, you watch as he then takes the sword from your hand and escapes with his accomplices? Nada immediately sees your condition when she comes to check on you. She twists her fingers in a series of Kuji signs, and slowly your nervous system recovers. Don't let them get away, you gasp. They have the sword, the same sword that was sent to the dojo. Nada rushes after them, but soon returns. They've disappeared, she says. You and Nada find a place in the woods to camp and to recuperate from the fight. Over a dinner of rice and vegetables, you discuss what happened. We must have just stumbled into an attack that was meant for someone else, you say. Yes, Nada agrees. Or they wouldn't have left without finishing the job. At least we know who has the sword, you say. I guess all we can do tomorrow is try to find where they came from. Go to the next page. In the morning, you set off down the road. Like most roads in feudal Japan, the one running through the valley is narrow, made mainly for horse and foot travel. After a few miles, you come into a larger valley. You wade across a wide, shallow river. On the other side, the road ends at an intersection. To your left, mountains rise in the distance. And to your right, the valley widens. You and Nada stand at the branching paths. I don't know which direction is better, Nada says. You choose. If you turn left toward the mountains, turn to page 16. If you turn right into the valley, turn to page 31. I cannot believe we lost that sword, dude. I am ticked off. So I got to... I mean, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what would have happened if we went the other way, but like if we did what you were saying, but like 
what the heck? We specifically chose to get the sword and then they take it. We try to keep this as professional as we can and wait till the end, offer our opinions. But if you couldn't tell the absolute disdain in Matt's voice reading that, if you could see his face, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, oh, there have been a few WTF moments here. That definitely takes the cake there. I completely agree. You literally made a choice and it literally had the opposite effect of what you wanted to do. I guess it turned out to be they didn't punish you for it with like a, the end where he turns the sword on you and then skewers <laughs> you. So it's like, at least we get to keep going, but yeah, we don't get the sword. I guess that would be too easy. They really don't even explain how he got it. They just, Oh, he got it. I feel like it was probably what you're meant to do because like now we're like tracking the people with the swords. So I feel like it's probably like meant to happen, but I, I, the writing is not good there. And now we have another one of my, pet peeves with choose your own adventures where it's just a left or right choice. (laughs) Do we go to the mountains or to the valley? So, well, this is actually better than the night and screaming armor because at least it gives us a description. Like we could talk about the landscape because I actually do have an opinion on this. Mm -hmm. Whereas in night and screaming armor, it was literally a left and right. At least here we know, do you want to go valley or mountains? And it's like, to me, mountains seem to be really difficult to traverse as opposed to a valley definitely so my opinion would be valley as opposed to mountains but that may be i i I agree i mean it it would be easier i um i mean there's an argument mountains i can think of is that they're like like maybe we could like see what's below us in the valley or like might be if we go down in the valley like are we going to get like ambushed or something or yeah, I think you're right with regard to the valley being a place where we could get jumped a lot easier. You know, we're in plain view of people. Mountains would be a lot more stealthy. I would say that these ninjas are probably maybe less likely to go that way. I, I don't really know. I, it's kind of like the only way I could see this is which one's easier to travel. But at the same time, like our purpose isn't just travel. It's to try to track these ninjas down. So maybe are, are they more likely to go in the mountains where they're familiar and less likely to be seen as opposed to an open valley? Yeah, that's tough. That's sort of what I was thinking is that maybe that's the way that they would go. And our goal is to catch them, but we don't actually know where they went. So, all right. I mean, Valley. Yeah, let's go Valley. Page 31. No one in the villages along the way seems to know anything about the ninja. Then you come to a drab, unhappy little hillside village. The people look frightened when you ask about the sword. Talk to Hitoshi, they say. By afternoon, you find Hitoshi, a thin young man with darting eyes. You describe the ninja who attacked you in Nada and ask Hitoshi if he's seen them. You have found them, Hitoshi replies. He gestures to a valley above the village. They live in a castle up there, but you could never reach it by yourselves. I can take you, if you pay. You're about to protest that you have nothing to pay with when Nada says, We'll pay you, but not until we see the castle for ourselves. Hitoshi considers this, then nods. We must wait until dark, he says. He takes you and Nada to a secluded spot hidden by cedar trees. Stay here until I come for you at dark. After Hitoshi is gone, you turn to Nada and say, I don't trust him, do you? Not very much, she concedes, but I don't know what else we can do. He pointed to where the castle is, you say. Maybe we could find it ourselves. I doubt it, Nada replies. 
I'm sure there are many trick paths and traps. It's not easy to track down a ninja. If you say you should try to find the castle yourselves anyway, turn to page 47. If you decide it's a good idea to wait for Hitoshi, turn to page 50. We know it's a drab, unhappy village. I mean, it doesn't seem like these are the best of people. It seems seems like, for whatever reason, we're both suspicious of this Hitoshi guy. It seems like he's going to rob us, right? I mean, that's just what... It just seems like if they're a poor village, and they all said, oh, go talk to this guy, it seems like a tourist trap. seems like this is what he does. It's kind of like a scam type of thing. That those are the vibes I'm getting from this. I am too. I I wonder if our like sixth sense will be enough to not get killed by whatever traps there are on the way. I mean, we're assuming there are traps. We don't know that. That's what he's saying to justify us paying. So that's him. what that's what Nada said. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, there I, probably I, will be. <laughs> I think we have the skills. So I yeah, I think we'll we'll go yeah. on our own. Agreed. So forty seven. I just don't think we can trust Tatoshi, you insist, Tanada. We can try to find the castle, Nada says reluctantly. But if we're having no luck, let's get back here by dark and give Hitoshi a chance. You and Nada return to the village and find a path up into the narrow valley, Hitoshi pointed out. The path immediately splits, then splits again, and again. We must keep careful track of these paths, Nada starts to say. Or we may never get out of... Suddenly, something grabs your foot and whisks both of you into the air. Before you know what's happening, you're suspended between two trees by a rope around your ankle. Well, Nada mutters, I guess we don't have to worry about keeping track after all. The end. Well, I guess we probably should have listened to Hitoshi after all. I guess we just don't have the skills to see a basic rope trap in the ground. I mean, it seems, I don't know, maybe I, we overestimated our skills here. I think between the two of us, especially, like, not as pro. I mean, she's taken guys down left and right. I don't see how she would miss something like that. Yeah, we were just about to fight four ninja, and she, like, with confidence, she knows how to cast spells, and yet we're getting hit by trap. I mean, apparently she doesn't have uh, detect traps as one of her spells. Yeah. We just rolled a, we, you know, we got a critical miss with a one here on a d20. That seems to be what happened here, but unfortunately no way to go back here. Unlike the actual choose-your-own-adventure board game where you can actually re-roll and, and change the outcomes. This does not let us, so I guess we're going to page 50, 50. which is us following Hitoshi. We just misjudged him, I guess. He must be a good guy. Yeah, he's just misunderstood. <laughs> he, you know how it is with these, like, you know, shady, like, <laughs> villager guys. You know, you gotta, gotta give them a chance to prove themselves, right? You settle in under the cedars, to wait for Hitoshi's return. Slowly dusk comes, then twilight. You and Nada sit very still, attentive to the sounds of approach. Listen, Nada says. What? The insects are quiet all of a sudden. But her warning is too late. The attack comes from behind. You're knocked over by a blow to your head, but you react immediately by rolling out of the way of the chain your ninja attacker tries to entangle you with. You spring to your feet, assuming the defensive posture, keeping low so you can make out the shape against the stars. He feints with the chain, then aims a front kick at your head. You cut inside his kicking leg and swing your leg out in a wide arc, catching his kicking leg in the air and bringing him to the ground. He jumps to his feet and disappears into the woods. 
Nada is moaning on the ground a few feet away. You rush to her side. I guess you were right about Hitoshi, she says, groaning. He set us up. They obviously wanted to take us prisoner, or they would have killed us right away. We were lucky we could fight them off, but the one who attacked me got me with his sword. You're going to have to go on without me. We have to get you help first, you insist. Turn to page 34. You pick up Nada and carry her toward the village. An old woman going by asks, What happened to your friend? You hesitate for a moment, wondering if you should trust her. Then say, She's hurt. A sword wound. Do you know someone who can help her? I can, the woman says. Come with me. You follow her to a little hut hidden away from the road. She tells you that her name is Nikia, and she is a widow. In the hut, she arranges a place for Nada, then pushes you away, saying, Let me look at the wound. After she inspects it, she announces, The cut is bad, but I think I can treat it. She'll have to stay here for several days. I will get the necessary things. While Nikia is gone, Nada whispers to you, still in pain, There's only one hope for us. I can give you some of my powers. You must go to the castle and try to find out who the sword belongs to and what is causing the attack on the dojo. But you must go right away. You will only have my powers for a short while. You nod. Using the last of her strength, Nada fixes you with her eyes and hypnotizes you. After she snaps you out of it, she says before passing out, Go quickly. Do not worry about me. Nikia will help me. Turn to page 38. You run out into the night, back to the place under the cedars. You choose the ninjutsu tools you think you'll need, then return to the valley Hitoshi pointed out. Suddenly, the castle looms ahead. You can't believe you've reached it so quickly. You go around to the back of the castle and strap your iron climbing claws to your hands and feet. The long climb up the castle wall puts you inside the compound, but you must still get to the main tower of the castle. You move through the outer courtyards with phantom steps, hiding in the shadows. When you reach the inner court, you throw a kaginawa, a rope with a grapple at the end, up to a window. The grapple catches on the window ledge, and you climb up. Just below, you stop and listen for sounds from inside. There are none, so you climb up and through the window. Inside, you wait for several minutes, listening intently to the background noises of the castle. When you're satisfied that no one is near, you begin searching the room. You can't believe your luck. The room is full of ninja battle gear, including the sword. Your first impulse is to escape with the sword while you can, but then you wonder if you shouldn't stay and spy instead, in order to get to the bottom of the mystery. If you take the sword and leave, turn to page 113. If you decide to stay and spy, turn to page 49. Well, I mean, so when we got attacked, we deduced that it was, we walked into an attack that was meant for somebody else. So do these ninjas, like, really matter? I mean, isn't all we really need to get the sword? I mean, I guess we still don't know what to do with the sword, though. But if we stay and spy, obviously we could get caught and be trapped in the castle. So I don't know. What do you think? I'm trying to understand this concept of the sword. Like, we have the sword in real time, don't we? Like, in modern day, we have the same sword. So do we really need it? I think it's more important that we figure out, like, what the importance of the sword is, right? 
Because the only reason we got the sword was because he had that in his hand, right? And we disarmed right. him. And then we realized it was the sword. But we only got the sword really as like a protection, right? We weren't there to get the sword. We were there to uncover why the sword was sent to the house. That is true. That was the original goal. And then the sword, we just sort of came into its path. So I, I would say stay and spy. I, I also love the fact that we got in a trap by going with both of us. And yet at the end of the day, we were right about Hitoshi and we get to the castle by ourselves. And that's somehow more <laughs> sufficient yeah. than going with two people. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're, yeah, the sword was just sort of something we stumbled upon and you're and in the real world. We do have it. So let's head to page 49. You search the room, then move down the hall silently. Every few seconds, you stop to listen. You check each of the rooms along the hallway. In one room, you make an important discovery. A scroll describing the exploits of the owner of the castle. Sanchiro Miyamatori. You try to think of why that name is familiar. Then you realize it's part of the knowledge Nada gave you. Somehow you know that the Miyamatori were longtime enemies of Nada's family, the Kurayama. You freeze as you hear footsteps in the hall. The door opens. You leap straight up 12 feet and grab onto a rafter. Two men look into the room. One of them says, We'd better go back to the Jonin's chamber. He will be returning soon. As soon as the door closes, you drop soundlessly to the floor and decide to follow the two men, who you think must be Sanchiro's bodyguards. You're sure Sanchiro is the Jonin, or head man. You shadow the two men through the corridors of the castle. Finally, they reach the entrance to Sanchiro's chamber, which is guarded by two more men. After they pass through it, you reveal yourself to the guards at the door. They move to attack you, but you hold up your hand and stop them with a look from your eyes. You go straight to the small room on the left side of the chamber and open the sliding doors. The two men you followed, plus two more, stare at you. Before they can move, you hypnotize them with a series of Kuji signs. You close the sliding doors, sit beside them, and wait for Sanchiro to arrive. Turn to page 36. Soon you hear Sanchiro take his place on the platform at the head of the chamber. The spy has arrived, he says. Excellent. Send him in. A minute later, Sanchiro says, So, what news do you bring from the Kurayama? You listen closely. Very important news, the spy tells Sanchiro. Dana Kurayama is on his way to fight you. He says he can no longer allow you to terrorize the countryside. Sanchiro laughs. Good for him. I'm glad my old enemy comes to face me. With my sword, I have no reason to fear him. He's not far from here, the spy goes on. We think he'll arrive tomorrow morning. Very good, Sanchiro says. But I will not wait around for him. In the morning, I will meet him, and wherever we meet, we will do battle. You continue to listen, but nothing more about the sword or Dana Kurayama is mentioned. Sanjiro dismisses the spy and his other lieutenants. Only you and the hypnotized guards remain hidden in the side room. You try to decide what to do. Tomorrow's confrontation between Sanjiro and Nada's ancestor, Dana, may provide the key to the mystery. But you wonder if you should wait that long. Maybe you should confront Sanchiro yourself, now. 
while he is alone. If you open the sliding doors and confront Sanchiro, turn to page 71. If you decide to follow him tomorrow when he goes to meet Dana Koreyama, turn to page 42. I think this is pretty clear. I think we need to wait for the two of them to meet, right? Because this is where we will see what happened between the two families. That's the cause of this whole thing. And if we go in there now, what are we going to do anyway? I mean, because the goal is to figure out, like, why this curse or whatever is happening. So I think we need to see the event, because this is probably the event that caused it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it has to be the event that caused it. And again, this is like Back to the Future vibes where, you know, if we pop out and we kill him, we don't end up solving the Kami or it changes or something may happen. I guess maybe... At the same time, this is the battle, presumably, if it is the battle that led to the feud, it's also the battle that created the Kami in the first place. So if we defeat him now, that Kami never gets created towards that family, I guess. And they won't know, you know, his spirit won't know. I think that's a possibility that assumes, obviously, we'll defeat him, though. I kind of want to confront him. Let's flip a coin. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, so going to confront him will be heads, and going to the meeting will be tails. This time I'm heads, so. Yes. <laughs> but tails never fails. It's heads. 71. <laughs> okay, it's an ending. Let's see how it goes. You burst out of the side room and crouch before Sanchiro in the offensive posture. Before you can attack, something on the ground erupts into billows of smoke. You catch sight of Sanchiro jumping to a trap door in the ceiling. You follow and find yourself in a passageway built into the ceiling. It leads to a parapet of the castle. Sanchiro is nowhere to be seen. You think over the situation and realize he has lured you to the place where he will have the greatest advantage. He knows every ledge of the castle top, while you are in new territory. There is one hope. You must find Ku, the Void, and empty yourself of all preconceptions, illusions, and even willpower so that you will be completely aware and ready for the attack. It comes from the side you least expect. Sanchiro knocks you down with a crushing kidney kite. You go limp as he tries to kick you over the edge. Your lack of resistance so surprises him that he catches his foot underneath you and pitches over the edge himself. You get out of the castle quickly. You arrive exhausted at Nakia's hut and tell Nada what had happened. I'm glad you defeated Sanchiro, she says but I'm worried that we haven't found the exact source of the disturbances at the dojo. I'm also worried that we may have altered history. We'll have to go back right away, Nada decides. I guess all we can do is hope that whatever you did has taken care of the problem. The end. Oh, man. See, here's the thing. I'll, I'll you, go. You did what you were afraid of. You changed history, man. You were just saying before that you were worried about changing history. Well, of course I knew I was going to change. Of course I knew this was going to change history. I think this is a good ending because we know that the Kami is created from this, from our other endings, right? Not in this ending. So in my opinion, though we do not now know of the problem, I think we've stopped the Kami from forming between the families and therefore, I think we're good to go. But it hasn't told us that because in this storyline, we don't actually learn the origin of the Kami. We don't have that knowledge. So I think it's a good ending. That's my position. But we will we'll go your way here and observe the meeting. Uh, the only thing is we don't know how we changed history. Like we could go to the future and then like 
the world is like ruled by apes or something like because like it radically altered history so or maybe it would be even better and it's like a futuristic paradise i mean who knows yeah it's like it's like the butterfly effect except this is like a big it's a very (laughs) important butterfly (laughs) that's a good point i i mean honestly thought less of the changing of history as opposed to defeating the kami i mean who knows i mean but because it doesn't tell us but uh we will see on 42 what would have happened here you wait for sanjiro to leave then you slip out you go back to the room where the sword was but someone has already taken it deciding it's too risky to look for it you drop out the window and return safely to the woods outside the castle you are able to get some rest during the night half sleeping and half listening for sounds of danger Morning comes and you hide in the trees outside the castle gate, waiting for Sanchiro to appear. When he does, you hear him say something about returning as soon as he finishes off Kuriyama. You shadow Sanchiro down the path toward the village, but before he gets there, he is surprised by another ninja, who you realize must be Dana Kuriyama, hiding in the trees. You can't hear what they say as they face each other, but... You see them move off the path and into a clearing in the woods. Quietly, you move to the edge of the clearing in time to see them kneel across from one another, bow, then stand and begin the fight. It lasts only a few minutes, during which you see an astounding series of sword moves and defensive maneuvers. Kuriyama is victorious. You rise to enter the clearing. As soon as Kuriyama sees you, he disappears into the woods. Then you hear Sanchiro saying something with his last breath. You move closer. It's a curse on the Kuriyama family. In a flash, you realize that it is the source of the trouble at the dojo. With Nada's powers, you also know how to counteract the curse. You invoke a series of Kuji signs that nullify it. Then you rush back to the village, to Nada. The end. Well, that's definitely a good ending, although I do have to say... They're very rushed endings, aren't they? Like, they sort of, like, leave you, like, without a full resolution a lot of the times. Like, we're still in the past. <laughs> like, we still <laughs> yeah, have to just... get back. But, I mean, I guess you just assume that you get back okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they, you know, would just end it here. Because you, you want to know, like, did we win or not? It's clearly, this is the perfect ending. We haven't changed history at all. Everything that's happened's happened outside of just the the Kami just doesn't exist. And so we don't get the sword, I guess. So that's a little bit altered, but not really. So I think this, yeah, yeah. Very rushed endings a lot. I feel, especially with the first one, we kind of were very limited with the ability to explore the temple and whatnot. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think that I have some mixed feelings because I like the setting. I like the fact that they incorporated a lot of Japanese terms and culture into here. They did a good job of explaining that element of it, like the ambiance and like the atmosphere of it. I feel like the way the choices are written, they're a little bit hard to trace as to if I do this, this will happen. There are things that like you wouldn't predict, like you decide to keep the sword and then you lose the sword. And in the archives, like you had mentioned to get the good ending You have to kind of arbitrarily decide once to go do a thing and then not to do it a second time. It's like, how would you know? I mean, it's kind of random. 
Yeah. And obviously, you know, and Hitoshi as well. I mean, it's like we were right about him. We guessed right. And yet we got punished for it because we're not able to decipher the traps. And yet we are when we go to the castle by ourselves. It's so it just kind of contradicted itself in a lot of ways where, yeah, I didn't feel it was cohesive all that much. And I think the one cohesive ending was maybe with like the lava people, because then our luck turned good once that had happened. But yeah, it was just was very odd. And, and even just like the, the beginning of it was kind of hard for me to understand what was really going on. I think maybe in Japanese culture, it's probably a lot more prominent and like you completely understand what they're talking about with regard to these, this curse and the Kami and everything, but to figure out kind of what his powers were and how he was doing these things and what that meant. I guess that's the point of this was to be kind of confused. And then now, you know, that this is what commies do in Japanese culture. Also, just an unfortunate word, commie. I just kept thinking of communist the entire time. So it's, that's what I'm for. It's like the bad commie is kind of hard for me to oh, I get it. focus yeah, yeah. on what this thing actually was. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't think of that because I, I knew about commie uh, because I, I've i learned about them before and they're in like Japanese um, like anime and games and things. But yeah, it does sound the same. Nada um, as well because I, you know, I took Spanish in college. So I was like, Nada. I kept thinking nothing over and over again. It's just right. a different meaning, but it was it's kind of like nada finds nothing and it's, you know, so it's just hard to focus on all the different terminology obviously i see you know what they were going for and i'm glad that they would insert various commas explaining what it was so we didn't have to go back to the glossary for sure that would have been necessary with a lot of these terms and i don't feel there was a term described that wasn't also then given to us so i don't really see the point of the, of the glossary quite honestly but i do like that you're able to have that in the text. I guess maybe the glossary is for if you encounter it four decisions later after that's there, then maybe you can then go back to the glossary if you forgot what it meant. That to me seems what it was. But yeah, I didn't feel like a lot of these options were terribly fleshed out well. I just feel like it seemed very short and quick and not really built up. And like you said, random in a lot more ways than I expected this to be, given that it is, you know, the choose your own adventure series yeah i mean comparing it to the last one that we did i mean that one was better constructed in a lot of ways but i agree especially with the lava ending i think that was probably the best written although i think the most exciting and interesting was actually going back to the past because you got actual like ninja action occurring and (laughs) some battles and whatnot so yeah it's a little bit of a mixed bag One thing I do know from looking at the back cover is that apparently this only cost $2.95 in Australia and $4.95 in New Zealand. Those are the recommended prices on the back of my book. So I guess for that amount, now given this would be in 1987 money, so that's actually probably kind of expensive. But nowadays, if you could pick it up for a couple bucks, I mean, why not? I'm glad it got better from the beginning. And I'm glad they actually went with some cohesive plot. I did appreciate that. But the big difference to me was really those endings. There's so many endings that were just open-ended where they're like, let's go back here. Or this may have solved the problem with the, you know, when we killed the guy, it may have solved the problem. 
you don't know. And then you go back to Forbidden Castle. We had so many satisfying ends of just like you failed. Here's the terrible way in which you're dying. Even the peasants are ter- averting their eyes due to the torture. <laughs> and so it was very vivid and cool with those endings. And you're still dealing with time travel and a lot of confusing things there as well. But I felt like the endings were a lot more satisfying, yeah. but a lot more fleshed out and just visceral and decisive in Forbidden Castle. You know, even with the guy chasing us on the bridge and stuff, it was just, it was really kind of cool. And here, you know, in the beginning, going to the archives, we didn't even really know what was chasing us. It was kind of like, there's this green light you had mentioned and, and a potential for traps and stuff, but we really had no idea of what we were doing with until we see the corpse and we're like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And then the next page is an ending. And it's like, okay, well now we we're back to not really having any intrigue and fear with that. I felt, yeah, we were lacking with that because I didn't, I didn't really sense a whole lot of danger in a lot of the choices. And in terms of what we were pursuing and what we were doing, it just seemed to just kind of pop up and then it resolved itself. Well, those are our final thoughts on Secret of the Ninja. If you have any suggestions for other choose-your-own-adventures for us to try, let us know through the social media on Instagram or on our Patreon page. We'll be back again with another sometime in the future, uh, yet to be determined, but we both love this sort of episode, and we will certainly be covering more. See you next time when we return to the 1980s. (laughs) Follow us on Patreon and Instagram at the Nostalgic Millennial Podcast. Our Patreon offers access to weekly posts, the Discord server, and bi-weekly exclusive episodes. Spend time with us there until our next new episode when we return to the 1990s.